0: Uh, Hello, welcome to the Men Podcast with me, Will. I hope you're doing well. Um, This episode, I'm excited to share. I'm excited to share all of them. Um, But this one in particular, um, I feel like a lot sort of converged in and around this conversation that you're about to hear. Um, So to be able to share that um, is is really exciting. Um, I guess just to put it in context, so uh, we held an event for International Men's Day um, on November the 19th. And International Men's Day sort of comes around every year, and I always feel like there's this sense of why, you know, what's it about? What are we celebrating? Very different feel to say International Women's Day, where there's a real kind of broad selection of events and panels and speakers, and um, there's always lots going on. But International Men's Day comes around, and I mean, in the first instance, a lot of people aren't even aware that it's that it's a thing. And then once they are aware, we're kind of questioning what's what's it about, and why do we need it? And I think they're all fair challenges. Um, Um, But I wanted to use that as an opportunity to sort of, um, well in the first instance do a bit of a soft launch for MEND um, but also use that as an opportunity to curate a space whereby we were were able to have um, some really interesting conversation and it was an amazing, amazing event super intimate, Um, 20 people came down um, real mix of kind of backgrounds and professions, you know people work in marketing advertising through to academia, journalists recent grads, writers, artists um, and it was a really kind of diverse mix of people but in a in a very intimate setting um and the way that i sort of framed it was by having three women um kind of give a five to ten minute perspective of the men and boys in their lives so super open um brief i wanted to keep it broad with a view to keeping accessible you know um I wanted everybody to be able to kind of um, relate to it in any which way that they could by keeping it broad. Um, And so everything from kind of talking about um, observations of of young boys in primary schools, we had somebody who works in education, through to the pressure of trying to navigate social situations as a woman in predominantly male spaces and and the way that we behave um, in those spaces. Um, through to celebrating the positive things about the men in our lives and I think that's something that often gets gets forgotten. Um, so yeah, first off I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody that that came and supported with, with that event because um, it was really special and it just felt amazing to have a space to really just listen. That that was the whole point, was to sort of create a space whereby we're able to listen to one another and it wasn't about imposing a point of view and, and cutting people off, which I think happens too much uh, in our culture at the moment, Um but just sort of giving people a a chance to pause and reflect. Um, And there were some really interesting takeouts. Everybody wrote down questions and thoughts, and and the idea is to carry all of those forward into the next event or workshop or whatever it might be. Um, So there's there's lots of plans and thinking in the pipeline that I'm excited to share um, with you guys. Hopefully next time, um, be able to broaden it out um, to to more people. Um, But as I kind of soft launch it, it worked amazingly well. Um, The reason that, that I bring it up is because another one of the speakers was Akil. Who are you going to hear now? Um, Akil is a friend of mine. Uh, We've known each other. We met this year um, through Twitter. So I put a call out on Twitter saying that I really wanted to redefine what a researcher looks and sounds like in 2018 and beyond. Um, And we got looped in together. And off off the back of that, just just sort of became good friends. Um, And every time we meet, we have really interesting chat. Um, Akil is someone who always pushes uh my own sort of personal and professional thinking and he, and he challenges me on a lot and I, I really like that um in one of our conversations he said that he'd been keeping a voice diary over a number of months and his plan was to then release that and put it all online um, so he shared that with me um, and I listened through all of the audio um, and then we just had a chat about it um, so I'm not going to explain too much about um about the actual content of it because I think um Akil will do that um, and we go through it but um, just a really interesting one a really interesting exercise in sharing um, and voicing experience um, and contemplating that experience and thinking about ourselves and thinking about our own progression and who we are and how we relate to those around us and the work that we have to do internally in order to kind of feel like we can we can exist um, within the spaces that we have to navigate in our lives. And there's a lot of different things that Akhil will touch on in this in this uh, conversation that I think and hope will be um, of great relevance to, to a lot of people listening. But yeah, uh, we'll get into it. So yeah, this is, uh, is Akhil. Um, maybe if you just start by introducing yourself, tell us who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, who I am, give me who I am, who
1: I am as a professional, who I am as a human. Who are you as a human being? Alright, um, hi, my name is Akil, I am a citizen of Earth. Mm. And, yeah, well, this is, I'm not a business owner, I'm a researcher,
0: I'm a weird human, I believe I'm weird. I'm not an alien, though, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you are a person of the earth. What's um? What's the business? Tell us a bit about the business. As, when I was, like, 18 and 19, I started a company called
1: Camuzi. And right now, we're a creative tech agency. And all we do is look at how to research and prototype really cool ideas and make really cool future products and services that can serve everyone.
0: And then within that, what's your specific role? I'm a researcher, so... I am just curious
1: as hell. I ask so many questions and I like to just look at stuff really obsessively till I can break it or I can fix it or I can solve it. And so I took that energy and made it into work and just started spent my lifetime, I spent my whole adult life trying to convince people to pay me to do that.
0: <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going badly. Like Right
1: now, we're, we're starting to shine and so I can only hope like, We just continue working our socks off and work smart as well to just keep that momentum going.
0: Mm. You're making lists a kill, so I feel like you're on to a good thing. We're getting there, slowly, slowly. Um, (laughs) I guess kind of like, obviously we do sort of similar roles from a professional point of view, but something else that we've spoken about in the time that I've known you, um, I think we have quite a lot of interesting discussion just about... I think a lot of it is just about identity and your place in the world and how you're navigating the world um, and I know from those conversations that you have kind of undertaken um, a personal project um, which I guess is kind of the thing that I'm interested in with this with this podcast series is sort of talking to guys who have turned things in their life mm. challenges struggles I don't know what the right word is and that's probably for you for just life life
1: yeah. yeah. I don't know uh, Alex was Alex is my business partner by the way so if I refer to Alex I'm referring to Alex Fager, Vega my business partner at Community but we're actually friends so we when you grow up on a job you become friends it's like growing up in a boy band doing what we did <laughs> um, but yeah Alex says over the last year I got really cool what
0: does he mean by I don't that? even
1: know it's really like uh, the more I hear it I feel like it's actually disrespectful because what was I before <laughs> but Alex keeps saying over the last year I got really cool, and I think that means I kind of found myself and who I was and who I am, and I've got a direction and some security in knowing mm. what I, who I am, and I think that's really interesting.
0: Do you think that um, how's that been expressed? What do you think how's that Alex been expressed? It? I don't know. I, I
1: changed what I, w- I changed the clothes I wore. Mm. I started wearing clothes that actually felt good. Mm. I let my <laughs> sound like <I'm> hype man. <laughs> um, I love it, but it's hilarious. Um I let my hair grow out. Um, I just started being more freer with myself, less concerned with how the world was perceiving me, and just started almost sounds really hippie, but being a conduit for my energy, being a conduit for just how I felt at the time, and just let myself express that. I didn't. I think that's really interesting. Though, I stopped holding myself back.
0: I've only known you, I think, for. Maybe like six months. Yeah. So I've only ever known Cooler Kiddles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting for me to hear that.
1: Just try back from my Instagram. There's some pictures where I just look corny as hell, but I'm right. I'm still smiling, but of course. I just look corny as hell. Okay. Um, so there was something, as there's a transition. There's a transition. Right. There was something, yeah.
0: Hmm. And I know that like this year as well, one of the like first things we chatted about was this sort of diary that you'd be keeping. Um... And it's a, a kind of vocal, audio diary.
1: Yeah, so the way this diary came about, in God's Honest Truth, was I was dating a girl at the beginning of the year, well, we weren't dating, we were going out for a very long time, and she left, Well, she had to leave, it was just what her situation was. And she was just like, I think you need to keep a diary. And I was like, I ain't keeping no diary, I'm a man, I'm not keeping no diary. I think she needs to keep a diary I was like I'm not keeping a diary Anyway Long story short She left I didn't like it very much We broke up And then I started a diary (laughs) But I couldn't be bothered to write And so I was just like Oh how am I actually going to do this I was like I'm going to talk to myself But if you talk to yourself You're crazy So I was like I'm going to talk to myself And record it And this is just going to be My diary This is going to be My documentation Of growth And then after the end of it I was just like Alright, cool, if I can do this for maybe three or four months, I'm just going to release it to the rest of the world, simply because I'm actually not scared of what I've said here. Everything i said here is actually a truth. Everything I've said here is actually me. Everything I've said here is actually my journey, so I'm not scared. And in my spare time or in my free time, I run a mental health organisation, so advocating for this stuff for me is like almost... Saying what I do and doing what I say is be yeah. being the person I advocate to be, or the rest of the world to be anyway. And so I was just like, let's share it. Because I'm sure someone else is going through something and I'm sure like it's got something to say. Mm. I'm sure of it. And the reason why I'm sure is because I got a DM on Instagram the other day, and this 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 DM was some person taking pills. And I was like, what the fuck? Please, please make sure those are pills pills like, that prescribed to you by your health care professional. First <laughs> mm-hmm. And secondly, he was like, yeah, these are my pills for anxiety. These are my pills to get me out of the house. And I was like, okay, thank you for sharing. And I was, I was I'm not going to lie to you. I was confused to why this person shared this with me. And then this person then told, went to go and tell me, oh, I don't, think you're, like, I don't think your life is difficult. I'd love to have your life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Hmm. I'm out here sweating to either build a business because that's been my day in and day out for the last five, six years, or I'm sweating to maintain a relationship which I didn't end up doing. I'm in a new relationship now which is going better, but that's even because of this process and self reflection. I understand acknowledging my own bullshit. And then there's another set of it, it's just like, how dare you? I'm human too. Because I'm popping on Instagram, I'm popping on Twitter doesn't mean that I don't feel nothing. And so I was just like, yeah, this needs to be shared. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that, surely that hits on something that is like, so, I think so much more prevalent than maybe we talk about is just that idea of appearance and reality, particularly in the context of social. And that is so interesting to me that someone is DMing you
1: to tell me about that life that's good and that they're on drugs. Yeah. They're, well, not on drugs, but they're Medicate. on uh, medica- medication.
0: Yeah. I was just like... Just, yeah yo it tells a different story right um one thing that you said that I think is worth sort of picking up on but um, just going back to the diary but you said uh, I'm a man I don't keep a diary I thought that was so true and
1: that was this is this process the pro- I finished with it maybe like a month ago now but this the process at the time was one of the most cathartic things I' could have ever done mm. coming home at the end of the day. Sitting down with myself and saying, Yo, how was your day? <laughs> Actually, the most liberating thing ever. I felt lighter as I moved through spaces. I felt less concerned. I, I, saying it, even vocalizing it, acknowledged the mess of what it was mm. or what I was dealing with at the time or what I'm trying to get through or move through. And then you're just like, Wow, okay. And that freed me up. That mentally freed me up. I have been more successful since I kept a diary. Mm. Imagine that.
0: Yeah. I think that's something that, um, in these conversations that I've been having, like, there's something in this sort of, like, the act of, like, giving a voice to an experience or speaking it out it kind of makes it a reality, right? Whether yeah. you're writing it, whether, you're, whether it's through photography, whether it's through recording your own voice, but that act of voicing it And breathing it into existence Feels like something that Is often a barrier Like for some reason that was in your head right? Yeah like But I feel like I was also
1: conditioned Or conditioned myself Mm -hmm. Uh, Where in therapy I realised I was conditioning myself I was hurting myself And that's just by limiting myself to my modes of expression But Going through that process Actually documenting this part of my life, I recommend it in Mm -hmm. any way that you can that fits you because it's liberating Mm. and I didn't understand what that meant until I experienced it.
0: And so what does it mean?
1: When you wake up and you have a true knowledge of yourself, because I spent my whole teenage years searching for myself. I spent my whole early adult years searching for myself. I only found... A snippet of who I could possibly be Maybe three months ago And I can tell you I'm glad I actually did that But when you can walk around And you don't have that kind of doubt anymore When you can walk around and you can kind of say Yeah, this is who I am and it's fine And when you you can walk around and say You know what, I'm not going to deal with this The same way I've dealt with everything else in my life That didn't go so well That one specifically And you can tell yourself, yo, live different Don't have to live better but don't make the same mistakes as you did last time, you get, you move so much faster because you just stepped out of, you stepped out of a self perpetuating cycle of nonsense. Mm. And you said, you know what, this one right here, don't bang, you know. You can just go to a different, you try something else that seems more positive. And I felt that that experience has let me, freed me up to really do some really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, Is there an example of of when you talk about those kind of cycles of behaviour or patterns of maybe it's patterns of thought and then breaking out of that sort of reconfiguring yourself yeah a specific example yeah
1: okay here you go how how I communicate Mm. before I would be be, some people can tell you if they knew me at the time but before I could be really sharp or really blunt and that's because I was just trying to be as efficient as possible in communicating and so I would speak in short sentences, or I would speak very quickly, or I'd just try and cut straight to the point and say, Yo, what's, the, what's this about? Where's money? Is this, this? And I realised that work sometimes, but I didn't work all the time, and didn't, didn't work most of the time, but yet still I was still doing it. Why? So, in understanding to live differently, I was like, okay, I have an objective here, but I also have to respect the person sitting on, on the office side of me, that's new. Mm. I have to sit down and understand that this person here is here for their own reasons, not just to satisfy you. And then you sit down, you work out, what's this person's language? How are they communicating with you? What's, what's, their, what's the thing that gets them up and running? And then you say, all right, cool, can I communicate the same thoughts in that same aspect? Mm. Yeah, cool. I'll start that way, I'll change that way, I'll just try it. All the best things are started by just trying. Mm. And then that's it. I think even in the first couple of recordings, I must have, turned, I think in the second recording, I'm just like, oh, wow, this weren't a fluke. I'm here again. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Like, second time I did it. Woo.
0: Because, yeah, that was something I wanted to ask you about, is like um, the motivation to keep, keep doing it. Because I think that's something, I mean, there's a bunch of themes, I think. So I've sat and listened to the audio. I don't know how, how many episodes would you say there are
1: um, probably like 30 30 it's, yeah
0: I'm kind of sure everything from like a minute through to like 6, 7 yeah it's not
1: it's not long yeah. it's just literally how I felt at yeah. that moment in
0: time and one thing that came through quite early on is just the idea of like um, doing it again repeating it finding the motivation to keep it going and I would imagine part of that is also trying to when you're going through that process you're trying to figure out what the point is and
1: in that early stage, was it hard to find the motivation to keep going? In the early stage, it was, wasn't the motivation to keep going. It was the belief and confidence enough to talk. I think that was it. Because like, I remember the first time I was doing it, I couldn't sleep. I remember it was like, 10 o'clock in the morning, I was in my room, it's dark. The moment I'm done in the dark, I couldn't sleep. That said something about this whole I mm. Only the later ones were kind of done. With the lights on in a different room in the house. Anyway, but the first one was done. The first couple were done. But point being, the motivation to, the effort and the confidence to actually speak and say something, because these thoughts are already going on in my mind. So it's like, oh, and then you get this breathlessness,
0: mm.
1: and then you just start blowing it out. And so when you listen to them, that's why they're actually my real life. Yeah it's actually uh, kind of just whatever was going on at that particular moment in time because I couldn't think about making it sound cute or making Mm. it sound good. That's why the audio is trash. (laughs) It was the point of getting it out in any way possible.
0: What do you think it says about us as people that even in isolation, even when we are by ourselves, even when no one else is listening in the immediate sense... It's still incredibly difficult to voice that out loud, even to yourself. Like, what does that say about us as people, do you
1: think? As people, we rarely look at ourselves. Other people look at us. Like, others, I can guarantee someone else knows what your face looks like better than you know what your face looks like. And the reason why is that other people spend more time looking at your face than you spend time looking at your face. We don't look in the mirror often. So when we do look in the mirror, it's kind of scary, or it's kind of we don't like it, or it's kind of we don't like this representation of this reality. It's the same thing about talking. It's the same thing about recording. It's the same thing about even writing. Because when you put it down and you look back at it, and you're just like, holy shit, this is what I look like, or this is who I am, and you don't like what that reflection is, oh, there's a problem. Um, I remember I I must
0: have spent a lot of time talking about push-ups. That's what I, I was, literally was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so There's an episode called Little Wins Mean Big Things. Okay. And you talk about trying to reach 100 push-ups.
1: In a row, yeah. yeah. I still haven't done that, but I can solidly do 50-50. Mm. But I was, set, I was on a challenge. it was doing 100, do 100 push-ups for 100 days to get 100 push-ups in a row. There was even a, we even had an Instagram group. It was me and people I'd never met before around the world. Set up by Mills from us too. I was just like, yeah, I'm down, because I was trying to get fit, and I think that understanding of that consistency, you asked about that consistency. I was like, if I can do 100 push-ups, so I can push my put myself to the floor to do it. I can record myself afterwards, mm. and probably sometimes I'm like breathless,
0: mm. a little bit
1: in the recording is because I probably put myself to the floor to try and get those hundred push-ups, and then I've got up and said, yeah, I did it, mm. or yeah, whew, fine. All right, cool. What's next? And now, I think that point was also really important because the fit. I read a quote and it was just like, "You're only as you're only as fit as you look." Or you, sorry, you you look only as fit as you are. Yeah, you look only as fit as you are. Mm. So, if I wanted abs or if I want to walk... I lost a lot of weight in, like, maybe the last 18 months. So, it's like, if I wanted abs, if I wanted to look good, or if I wanted to feel good, or if I wanted to fit in a certain pair of jeans or whatever, like, I have huge body image issues that, I tried, that I've tried to address over time. Really? Yeah, like, oh, uh, that's why I've sweated the last 18 months. But, it's like, you're only... You look only as fit as you are, then... Same for my mental health, if that makes any sense. I tie my physical and mental health together, that's, like
0: yeah. That's something that you talk about as well,
1: right? Like, yeah. if I can conquer my body, I can conquer my mind. My body does My body does have mindsets, mm. So therefore, if I can conquer my body, I can conquer my mind because I've already shown I can conquer one part of myself. Mm. And I found parts of myself in this process mm. also, and I think finding those parts of myself also made me more powerful. Like, in what ways? I found. I found, concept, I found concepts out about myself of how, how I wanted to be and the type of person I wanted to be. I realized I had a mind, body, and soul. I realized that throughout my time growing up, I would only make decisions that satisfied maybe one out of three of those things or two out of three of those things. And the rare time I made a decision that satisfied three out of three of those things, I had a great time. Then I started, re- and then I was like, oh, wow, what's this? How about I, What if I can make decisions That satisfy my mind Body and soul All the time What does my life look like
0: mm.
1: When I started doing that I was walking the sunshine For so long I forgot what it was like And I got scared that I'm so happy I could die Like I think there's Actually a recording saying I'm so happy I could die mm. And then I had to counsel and Reason myself out of that there's I an was just like <laughs> There's an episode Called Heaven Yeah And I think Yeah I
0: mean yeah You talk about that right?
1: Um, And that's what I mean This is my real life This is my whole mm. life Um, so when you get there when you're living in these things, it's like okay can I conquer my mind now?
0: Mm. I think that relationship between body and mind is something that you talk about a lot and that idea of physical exercise and proving something to yourself that you then apply to the mind you know your body is saying something where you've proven something with your body and then it's kind of like an ultimatum with your mind is sort of what it sounded like to me Um, (laughs) what um, just on that body image thing yeah what Can you tell us
1: a bit about that? Alright, I was, like, growing up, I was always heavy. I was always heavy. And growing up, like, I had man boobs, I had the whole thing, I didn't like it. Like, I remember being, fuck, this is deep. (laughs) This got deep real far. Um, I remember, like, 14, 15, just hating my body as a grown up. and I went to all-boys school as well, so that stuff is amplified. Mm. And then you're just like, Oh shit! I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. And then, I'm depressed, cause I just don't like being alone. And my sister's eight years older than me, so mm-hmm. I'm essentially alone. Is it just a team No, like, it's like yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. My family's weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my younger sister's eight years older than me, and she moved out at sixteen. So from eight, I was alone in the house. but my parents were there, obviously. But mm. I don't connect. I didn't connect to my parents like that. So as far as I was concerned, I was alone. So I had a problem with being alone. Then I got heavy For her Because I probably Was probably like Comfort eating mm. For being alone So I got heavy Then I was heavy And alone mm. And then growing up As a teenager that's, that's a horrible combination Yeah of course And so I started getting body Body issues Anyway probably By the time I'm like Eighteen I convinced my parents To take me to a doctor To get a gynecomastic reduction Really So yeah I had man, I've had like Cosmetic surgery To have man boobs Removed at like Eighteen Really I remember oh. that I was seventeen It was seventeen And that changed my whole life.
0: What was that like for a 17-year-old? I mean, obviously, you talk about that throughout your whole teenage years. But as a 17-year-old, to make a decision like that?
1: It was one of the best, scariest decisions I've ever made. And I do not think I would have the confidence I do now if I didn't do that. Mm. And that's wild, but you have to understand... To even get to that point, I had to convince so many people that it was the, what, I, what I wanted and what was needed and what was necessary. That wasn't the quick way out. I remember having consultations from the year before and them saying, you have to lose weight before we do this. Mm. And I had to, this is actually something I've never vocalized um, properly, but I, ha- I was on, we bought an exercise bike and I was on that exercise bike day in, day out maybe 40 weeks straight. Then I went to go have the follow-up consultation. So that's 40 weeks, so it's maybe like nine months afterwards. <clears throat> and the NHS, so they wouldn't do it. And so this is where I, like, God bless my parents, they were actually starting to save for it just in case the NHS couldn't do it. And so we saved enough money a couple months later and I got put in for the operation as an adult because I was 17. So they,
0: mm.
1: my parents consented that. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I wanted. that was history. And I had that, I had that surgery and that changed my life. Mm. Like absolutely changed my life But I've always had body dysmorphia issues mm. And so I lost a lot of weight Went to uni Had a great time Was confident Then got back to London Started working on my business And put, the, put a lot of weight back on Now I didn't put weight back on my chest Because you can't mm. You can't put weight back on that area Simply because Like it's removed But What I started And I was like doing a hell of push ups I had to do I did everything to get out of that um, Anyway to, to move forward I put on a lot of weight again I didn't like it I was feeling uncomfortable I must remember One day I woke up well, I was I finished eating At a restaurant And I left And I was just feeling so heavy I was wow. like Oh let me get an Uber And I was like What th- Is this <laughs> Like And so <clears throat> Sorry excuse me That's how my Fitness journey started mm. About 18 months ago mm. Like And that's my Objectivity In my body and mind Because I feel Now I'm lighter I feel happier mm. I don't know why But I feel happier mm. I know that to maintain this now, I have to do certain things, and I have to eat a certain way, and I have to manage myself a certain way, and I'm happy to do that because yeah. going back there is even worse.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm scared of being fat because that suck sort of creeps on you.
0: Mm.
1: You don't wake up one day you're fat. Well, that you looks like it. Wake up one day you're fat, but no, that's decisions, decisions, mm. decisions, decisions. And so now, if I'm making decisions on my mind, body, and soul, and I know that's a constant decision in that direction gets you there. Mm. I can't make those decisions again.
0: One thing that really comes through in your diary is uh, discipline. Yeah. And I feel like, even just before I listen to that, I feel like just from what I know about you and the interactions that we've had, and I think the way that you approach your work, there's a real discipline there. There's a discipline there that I feel like I don't have, and I want a bit more of. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds like to kind of get through the things that you I mean the things that you've just talked about you know it requires a real level of I think in the first instance awareness right yeah but then I don't know what's the role of kind of like discipline and how is it how is it to manage that how's that been for you
1: okay so I start reminding myself lousy horrible thing journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step mm. like forever's one day at a time mm. like when people say oh yeah I want to do this forever like alright cool forever's one day at a time let's see if you show up because if you don't, then you're really serious about it forever. And I didn't used to finish things. I used to get to maybe about 85, 90 percent, then used to drop off because I'd be like, eh, it's basically done." And when you don't finish stuff, you don't get to realize all the joy and serendipity that comes out of finishing it. You just don't, because you didn't finish it. So you invested all that work and all that time for not reap no rewards. You shortchanged yourself. So it's like, oh, extra 10% realize a new world or like finish at 90% and stop. That's even why I'm doing this podcast because I was mm. like, I'm going to release this diary. Then I didn't. Then I was like, oh, wait, Will, we need to release this podcast because mm. I need to realize all the great serendipity that comes after this, even if it's good or bad or whatever. Mm. And so I was just like, I got obsessed with finishing thing. Mm. So maybe 2015, I remember saying, all right, cool, I'm going to finish my degree because I dropped out after second year. And so that was the first big thing I said I was going to finish, mm. and I finished it, and I was like, wow. And then I realized I finished that maybe last year, summer, and I was like, wow, look at the world, and I really needed that last year summer because my like, world was going to trash.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, okay, and I finish more things? And so even like if I was dragging myself through it, and I was in agony, and. I didn't want to do it no more But I knew it was good for me I would try and finish it Oh this proposal This proposal is long Oh I hate it uh, One word mm. at a time Letter after letter Think about it Like And once I got good at finishing stuff I was like Okay I know I can finish this now mm. I know I can get to 100 mm. Push ups mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing I know I can finish today's Cause I'll just get to 8 I'm like Oh it's basically 100 No it's not It's You're 20 short bro go get it
0: there's a there's a line in that uh, in the episode about push ups where you say today I did something that made me feel really good I trusted the process and it made me see the benefits of keeping going and what that has in store for you um and that kind of struck a chord with me and I think it kind of speaks to what you're just saying but like I guess two parts today I did something that made me feel really good and that just that small thing whatever it is I did something right um but then the idea of trusting the process, um, I'm really interested in that. So mm-hmm. I work in tech and I work in
1: design. And I'm slowly becoming a designer, even though I started as a biologist. Really? <laughs> oh. Like a service designer, bro. No, no, uh, okay, not, I thought you I'm meant not, like graphics. No, no, I'm oh, right. I was I ain't touching no the computer. that quiet. <laughs> um, but when it comes down to it, doing that something that feels good, is so important, mm. <laughs> but getting to do that something that feels good might take work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But everything takes work, laying down on the sofa takes work, mm. you're spending energy just doing <laughs> something else. <on the> <laughs> like, everything takes work, so realizing that is the first thing. And the last thing is that once you finish and once you follow that process to get there, process provides opportunity mm. that's all process does. Mm. Like so, you so I mean, you can look at a problem one way and get the answer like that, or you can say, all right, cool, I've got a method or method of getting there, and you know at least you're gonna get there. May not be as quick as the person that clicked their fingers, or dreamed up an answer, but that's you can't do that every day anyway. Mm. So the fact that the process provides you opportunity was, wow, I'm providing myself an opportunity to realize something and achieve it, and wow, I've achieved it. Ta da! Mm. How can I? And now I've implemented that across my whole life.
0: Like a blueprint. When, um, when you listen to the, the, kind of the whole set of, um, of audio yeah. um, there's some episodes that feel really positive in the sense that it's clear that you're in a really good space something's happened that day or there's been a moment, there's been an interaction mm-hmm. that has made you feel positive about who you are, where you're at and what you're doing mm-hmm. and then on the flip side there are episodes where you're really honest and it's about how hard things are or how shit things have been the previous day Um, And I just wondered if there was like, is there one moment for each of those things that kind of sticks out to you over the course of that experience of recording the diary? Is there there a moment that sticks out as like a particular high or a moment that sticks out as a particular low? And what were the contributing factors to that? All right. So a real, you always remember
1: your lows more than you remember your highs. Mm. So I remember about June time. So I don't know what timestamp that is, but I remember what what title that is. I remember June time. I must have, like, shat all over myself. Like, I must have just not helped myself at all. I must have gone out drinking with a friend the day before I had an opportunity to do some great piece of work. Mm. And I threw myself out. i got, like, yeah. And <laughs> what was the story? I realised i I'm meant to be honest here. <clears throat> so, Say what
0: you
1: I, to. I was on the pit. I was meant to be doing a job. I won a job with one of my great friends at Marama. I told Joe this, so it's fine. Um, I wanted, and I went out drinking the night before I was meant to go deliver the workshop. Then I was meant to be moving out of my house the same day, so I wasn't even meant to be sleeping in my house. And I woke up the next day drunk, hungover, sleeping in my house, and missing the workshop. Now, luckily, Joe's my dear friend, and Joe gave me a second shot, and I killed it when I did get the second shot. But that whole process of, oh, I haven't, broken, I haven't had a breakdown for a year, to big shifts in my life, to almost having a breakdown or having the beginnings of one, I was just like, yo, no, 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 no. I'm going to get help. I literally threw myself in counseling straight away. After that, I was like, I'm not even waiting to go and find out if this is real or not. I'm just going to go do something different. So the old behavior would be to sit there in my own mess, be scared, not speak to anyone, hide the fact, and lie about the fact that I'm either drunk or having a breakdown or whatever, whatever. I was like, I ain't got time for that because I've done that so many times and that takes three months to recover. I don't have three months to recover. I have to recover now. Mm. So I remember getting up, drunk, jumping in the shower, going to work, and saying, I'm calling everyone on the way to work, by the way, and saying, yeah, I fucked up. I'm sincerely sorry. I'll make this up to you and we'll keep going. I won't charge you for that time because it's meant to be two of us on the job. I'll charge Alex was there so he facilitated you get his money, whatever. And we keep going and that's what I had to do I had to live differently I had to make different so you're asking examples of different decisions Mm. and making different decisions breaking your cycle that was it and now I'm okay now that's not a problem now that didn't affect the bag that didn't Mm. affect the business that didn't affect anything I just went to go get counselling I'm finishing in two weeks I had to do a 12 week session to make sure my life was right Mm. but it was like it's helping yourself doing it by yourself No, otherwise they would be called the same thing Mm. Um, a really good time was the times before I started questioning being so happy I could die because I was really happy, I was genuinely elated, like the world couldn't stop giving when I needed it to give and I was so grateful for it because it was just showing me that this process that I'm doing of listening, of talking of sharing, of working out how to communicate with others in their own language. Of, it's being human mm. in a world that doesn't facilitate that right now. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> those were, that was the A star in the sh- the extra marks that allowed me to grow. Mm. And I was grateful for it. And I am grateful for it.
0: And it uh, sounds like you've had people around you, and I think this is something that sort of comes out in the audio as well. It's like the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are good for you in that way and will support you through that process and obviously like the thing that you've just spoken about there are implications there for business there are mm-hmm. implications there for personal professional relationships um,
1: yeah um, I want to firstly say I think we need to a recording of this but to be able to do this in the first place mm. was privilege mm. to have the space And the understanding from those around you to go through this journey and them support you is a privilege that I partly afforded myself from taking the first step, but other people afforded me through supporting it and not trying to beat me down or trying to say, oh, yeah, you changed. Damn right I changed. I wasn't a good person beforehand. But they weren't malicious with it, if that makes any sense. Like, they actually gave me some real cool space, and so I have to show so much love and appreciation for what that is. So secondly, right now, it's all about human business. And so, you can't do human business being a machine. You can't be, do human business being disingenuous, You can't do human business being inauthentic. I said the same word twice. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and that's it. Mm. I can text people I work with now from different agencies mm. and different clients because... Number one, I'm respectful of their space. Number two, I can speak in their language. And that's actually something I'm really proud of. Mm. People usually be trying to do business, hire, hoi polloi and emails. Nah, and how, how are you? What's your day like? Mm. That's not even a business tactic. I'm generally interested because if I'm working with you, I need to know your day. Mm.
0: Mm. I need to
1: know if you're in a good mood or a bad mood because like, that depends on
0: how I'm going to say, say something to you. It's a connection, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's so important. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is the episode titles. Okay. So I'm just gonna reel off a few. And I feel like when you when you start to when you start to go through, there's a there's a pattern. But I'm interested to kind of get your read on what you think is going on there. So I'm just gonna read through a few like one one one-dimensional humans, Um, love or loyalty, grace and harmony, live differently, Uh, little wins mean big things. is Mm The one that we've spoken about, liberation. Keep going. Ignorance of your own shit. Growing pains. Grateful. Don't flinch. Keep conquering. Um, yeah. What, what, what's going on there? What's um, going on
1: the episode usually, I think, I've never actually sat down to think about these. Mm. this in great depth. I, haven't, I don't think I've listened to it since I've recorded it, which is wild. But it's a part of the fun of releasing it to the world for them mm. to kind of tell, them what, tell you what they think. But When it comes down to these titles These titles are either lessons Mantras Or self-affirmation slash self-affirmation Or just What this recording really is If I'm grateful Then I'm just grateful If I'm If I'm telling myself Keep being your whole self I mean keep being your whole self Because if there's no other way to be If I say don't flinch Keep conquering I'm probably talking about Something like I see an opportunity in front of me and I'm starting to start or I'm starting to hesitate and I'm just like, yo bro, you can't hesitate right now. Mm. You got this far without hesitation. You better take that clean swipe. You better go for it. Mm. And then after you conquer, make sure you give. Like conquering and giving. It's not about conquering and taking it all for yourself. There's too much. Like you oneself, one man, one human can't have all that stuff. Mm. You... Can't know everything. You can't have all that money. You can't... Well, you can have all that money, but you can't... The logic is you can't have all those things Mm. and use it. Mm. You can't have all those things and, like, yeah, no, give it. Give it to something. Give it to someone. Make it useful
0: outside yourself. I like the idea that they're, like, little mantras. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of how I... I like the idea that there are these little things that you're telling yourself, but as a listener... There's so much that I kind of got from that as well. Do you know what I mean? My favorite is actually "Don't flinch, keep conquering." Um, <laughs> what does that
1: fun. mean for you? What that like? You got that record? You heard that recording? Well. Yeah. How would that make you feel?
0: Um, it resonated with me a lot because I think I flinch a lot. I'm somebody who always flinches. It gets to a certain point where I flinch, and flinching for me is doubt, and quite often that's self doubt. Yeah. And that is a kind of. Uh, kind of crisis of confidence I think one thing that one thing I've always found interesting and again you I think you talk about this but and we spoke about it earlier but just how people's perceptions of you versus how you feel about yourself Mm. right and don't flinch keep concrete uh there's an idea I think there's an idea of who I think I am there's an idea of who people think I am but there's a real distance between that and who I feel like I am yeah so I've understood most of the time people see you
1: as so much better than you see yourself. Like, so much better than you see yourself. And you have to understand, that perception is actually a truth. Perception is truth. A truth, anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: And so with understanding that, then understand something, they just can't be wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: But I take that with a pinch of salt, because when it's bad, just know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what be your whole self
0: is. I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to read a bit, actually, from... I don't know if this is weird. Maybe I don't know. This is surreal. So there is an episode called Being Your Whole Self, which is one that I've highlighted. Um, But I'm just going to read this out, right? So, I'm trying to listen to my body, trying to feel comfortable. It allows you to create, and creating what you think other people like is not real. It's manufactured, not organic. Creating what you think other people like. The The filters you put on that are like pesticides to a plant. You shouldn't do that, and I find myself doing that. But trust the process and keep the patience. One day at a time, being yourself. Which I think kind of just sums up. Looking like, out. yeah. I mean, how does? That's it a feel? bit profound, isn't it? no, <laughs> this is my other thing, and I think that's why I wanted to read it out to you because I think it's one thing to kind of say it and record it, and you're saying you don't think you've listened to these, right? But the reason I made, the reason I kind of transcribe these is because I think it's really important to. Kind of what you were saying before, like hold a mirror up to it. When you see your thoughts in words, that's a really powerful process, that's, bro. This is so wild. But that came out of your mouth, right? Yeah. And and so this is the thing that I, I wanted you to hear that, and I wanted you to see that. But I also one thing that I really felt when I was listening to a lot of this is that you're you're incredibly poetic. Like there's a real poetry to the way that you talk, <laughs> and and I mean that from a point of view of just like as a listener. That's just such a pleasurable experience. Like, it's so nice to hear that. Do you know what I mean? And there's a flow to it. And I just wondered if that was something that you're even conscious of. Because there were moments when I was listening, I was like, has he, has he like kind of written this beforehand? Has he kind of scripted it? And then. No. Right. Um, there's, there's, there's two parts. Um, there's two parts to
1: this. Um, the first part is that kind of echoes what I was saying about being yourself. And I guess that kind of translates to why Alex was saying, I've changed and I've started to become cool because I stopped worrying what people would think. I used to walk around in suits, used to get my hair cut, I used to do this because I thought, that's what people needed me to be, that's who people want me to be, so I'll be it. I even caught myself almost conforming to that again recently, I was like, whoa. I'm so glad the person I was working with didn't let me conform to that because it would have been really, not bad, but it would have been not great. Mm-hmm. And I want to produce my best work. They, let, they, they kept me true to myself to produce my good work. But it's the point being, be your whole self. And that's what being my whole self is. And that's why my style is why my style is. Because I think, oh, I like that. That'll look good. I see something in that. I'm going to go experiment. Not, oh, I believe the rest of the world will like this. Now I'm doing it. That's like the pesticides. That's because mm. you can't know what the rest of the world thinks. Well, I'm a researcher. You can know. But you can't know without some. You can't know with 100% certainty. Mm. What you can know with 100% certainty is what you think. And when it comes down to handling and de- dealing with yourself, I th- you have to do that with 100% certainty. Otherwise, it's not going to go out very well. Mm. Um, with regards to the poetic parts, there's always been a side of me in my life that's always been artistic, but it's been amplified recently. And that's because I started taking mentoring from one of the creative directors at an advertising agency. And we were just looking at ads because we do research every day. Communicating research and big words and self-gratifying long prose and this, that. It's not what people need. For if you're doing research, it needs to be communicated for not another researcher, but for someone else to actionably go and use now, <laughs> mm-hmm. not to have to go through another process. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, what's the most tangible way to communicate? that's why I can say talking to people in their own languages I'm not talking, talking French, Spanish, English I can't speak English that's mm. just what it is but it's talking to people how they speak
0: um, and I've been practising that for months mm. I said before that Don't Clinch Keep Conquering is my favourite and I'm going to read it out this is the last one I'm going to read out but this, this is my favourite and I think maybe just kind of in the context of everything that we've just spoken about you'll kind of see why um, so you start by saying I set a path for myself recently, and I've been following it. I've been sticking to the script, not running in circles. Every time a new hurdle comes, I flinch, get scared, try and hide my face. I have to talk myself into showing up. I'm building these basic rules, but it's still very hard when you have to come and do it. But look how far you've come. This time last year, I was having a breakdown. This year is just different. I could never have seen that, never have seen where I would be right now, and it's amazing. But don't think so far ahead. That you get lost and dizzy in space and time. Come back to Earth. Do what you have to do right now so you can get to tomorrow. Now don't flinch. Keep conquering.
1: What do you, what do you think when you hear that? <laughs> this shit's really cool. I, I, I need to actually go back and listen to these personally. But that's so amazing because... Listening to that's so amazing because that's how I think right now. Mm. I've been given so much opportunity right now. And... This opportunity is allowing me to plan my business three, four, five months ahead. And that's amazing. That's literally what it says there. Like, you've been given these things that are wild beyond your dreams. But now forever is built one day at a time. And so I have to do... Right now to get to tomorrow and to realize even, even touch those things, I can see those things most definitely, but if I don't do the work and if I don't conquer today I'm not even going to be to touch. they're going to disappear like a mirage. Mm. If I really want to make them reality, I have to actual. I've put some real work into it it's like faith about work is dead mm. like I have to put some real work into it to realize that stuff and what I have to do in my business is to conquer because there's always competition. There's always competition. I'm sure for a part of it, our agencies are competing for something somewhere. There's always competition, but to win and to conquer and to overcome that means I can realise and touch all those nice, shiny things that look amazing over there.
0: Mm.
1: You can only do that when your feet are on the ground. You can only do that when you're on earth. You can only do that when you're on earth. You're present. And you're present yeah. and you're aware. Because if you're living in the clouds, living in the future and the real world is running past you, That's exactly it. The real world's running past you. These opportunities that are going to get you over there are running past you. You Mm -hmm. can't get there. But I think the last thing about flinch, it is the self-doubt. It is the, I'm shook. What the hell are these people doing calling me to do this? Mm -hmm. Holy. But I think when I was really, really up against it, well, not up against it, but I was really making myself... Anxious and paranoid. Even it's just like, okay. He gave me a quote from Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard was like, when Stephen Gerrard first got the call to play for England, he was like, Oh crap, I'm playing for England. Holy shit, I'm playing for England. Holy shit I'm playing. After a while he got to the stage of raw, I'm playing for like I better stop saying holy shit, I'm playing for England and play for England. Mm-hmm. It was like, I better stop saying holy shit, these people are calling me and I better like put some work in and get this done. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they ain't calling me again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you have a choice that you've finally been called up to the big time. Like, you start an agency for yourself and these brands are calling you. These companies are saying your name. Wow. But...
0: It's a testament to, like...
1: Show up for yourself, isn't it? Like, don't yeah. shake yourself. Yeah, 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 of course. Because otherwise, they called you and they're going to tend to say, oh yeah, calling him was a waste of time. That's even worse mm. for anxiety and showing your face places than you conquering it. Do you know what I love about this as
0: well? Is that... You're talking about this. We're having a conversation about this in the context of business. Yeah. And that to me... I'm just sat here thinking like, who else do I know? What other man do I know that can sit and have this kind of conversation with about business? (laughs) Like... And that to me is very new. Like, this feels very new to me. And I feel like (laughs) this is a whole nother conversation. But I feel like there's something emerging around empathy in business and empathy in creativity um, and I, I don't know I just kind of feel like this I think this is, this is another conversation but it's, it's just interesting to me to sit here and listen to you talk about these experiences in the context of business and how it's forming and informing your experience of that and your plans for it in the future um, before we wrap up I just wanted to ask like Do you think so when you hear back the stuff that you you voiced? Yeah. Do you think that sometimes we know more about ourselves than maybe we allow ourselves to believe?
1: We're with ourselves every day. If you sit and look, it's a different paradigm, but you're with yourself every day. If you so for me this exercise was about being brave enough to look. Like you sitting down just shows me I need to actually look again because I think there's even stuff to reinforce and reaffirm what these type of things were I told you these titles and mentors
0: mm. so
1: excuse me there's some things to learn there and learn from again from myself which is an amazing thing that's why man writes things down because <laughs> mm. if we didn't there would be so much knowledge that doesn't exist that's mm. why we have books that's why we have cable joints. that's why we have emojis mm. <laughs> <laughs> we write things down now we convey meaning that can be mm. revisited and I think that's important to your conversation about business I think there's about two points to make mm-hmm. and to empathy three points to make I grew up in this job this job is a significant part of my life therefore it impacts a significant part of my life and that's seen here so to be able to talk about it is probably an easier gateway for me than other people because I'm, I'm closer to it. Other people just do their job and go home or whatever, just drove removed. Mm. removed. Um, currently, there's this thing called... There, there was this quote I saw and it was just like maybe 50 years ago was about an extra pair of hands. Business was about an extra pair of hands. Maybe about 30 years ago business was about an extra an extra an extra mind an extra pair of eyes an extra mind for us it's about hearts and like capturing people's heart when you do something and so what that translates to is we are building businesses around values and empathy more so than before before like even the half step generation ahead of us is like Oh yeah, business used to be about having a good, sound, solid, robust idea. Now, if you're starting a business, it's about having a good, sound, solid, robust idea. But with all the noise, it's about, can you do that and emotionally engage with someone at the same time? Mm. If not, eh, you're going to be unsuccessful, could have been. If yes, you're going to be a hyper successful, or rather successful, depending on what industry you're in. Somebody. And I think that's what's propelling us right now in how we do business is because we are capturing hearts. We are connecting with the real people everywhere we go. Mm. And we're relentless with it. And we're not relentless with it because that's the business objective. We're relentless with it simply because it's who we are and it's now easy.
0: And staying true to yourself, isn't it? It's not kind of like... um Sort of uh, what's the word like dividing off kind of parts of just who you are as a whole person when you're bringing yourself into the workplace. Actually, this is how I function and how I think and feel as a human being. You and don't have
1: source if you don't work with your whole
0: self, right? Not to lock off certain aspects of. I think for us as well, working in research, like you can't do that job without being empathetic, without feeling. That's that. That's yeah, isn't it? But um, yeah, I think just it's just interesting to have this <laughs> conversation in the context of. Uh, of a business but I think we could talk about that for hours. Um just to wrap up then like um, what's the one thing that you would want people to take away from listening to to your diary?
1: There are seven billion versions of reality going on right now. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no I think that's yeah <laughs> Well, we have it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. There sure seven billion versions of reality going on right now. And that feels like a really good place to just leave people yeah. in their minds. <laughs> this is one of them. <laughs> it's, it's it's one story, um, but it's a powerful one, and um, I'm really really grateful that you shared it, um, shared it with me in the first place, but then kind of shared it here as well, because I think I took a lot from it. It's amazing, actually. Like it's amazing. I don't know if it's like coincidence but I feel like maybe it's because the, the themes and the things you're talking about are just very human and so it's going to resonate with people so I hope that um, whoever's listening kind of has that experience and, and I'm sure will take stuff away from it as well where can people find it where can people find you um, I'm on Twitter at Akil Benjamin like
1: A-K-I-L Benjamin I don't know if people don't know how to spell Benjamin or not, but you're going to find out um, where can people find it I'm gonna release this. Mm. I promise. <laughs> you'll know. Yeah, you'll know about it. Um yeah, I'll start, I'll release it on Twitter. Yeah. We'll link it and stuff. We'll link it and stuff. Yeah. We need to work this out. Yeah. For real. Because this, this. this is a part of finishing things. This is really a part of finishing things. I almost didn't want to release it. I almost talked myself out of
0: it. Mm. And I
1: was like, no, 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 no.
0: I'm glad you did. Even mm. if like even if it, selfishly, even if it was just for me, because I think, and again, even with this podcast, yeah, I've been doing it and I'm like, who's listening, really? But even, and it kind of was the things that you were talking about earlier, but it's just, it's the act and the practice of doing it. And I think, if anything, at the very least, the fact that we've sat and had this conversation, and it was the same with Kevin, who I interviewed before we, mm. journalist, it was like, at the very least, we were saying, like, it was just really nice to have, like, a good conversation with somebody yeah. else for an hour. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. At the very least, that's something that for me is is very worthwhile. Um, but yeah, thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. That was special. Thanks. Thanks kill.
1: Mend.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a kill, and I just sort of think it's it was a really interesting conversation from the point of view of covering like a whole range of things you know mental and physical health um the relationships that we have with our bodies i think as men that isn't something that is discussed you know the representation of the body or representation of the male body in our culture and in our society is something that i think is severely um unspoken about uh, and i'd be really interested in kind of exploring that further um, the idea of stopping and starting and you know why we never finish things why we don't see things through to the end um Actually, at the at the the event for International Men's Day, that was something that Akil was talking about. Um, this idea of being like the almost person, and I think that resonated with everybody in the room in in, in some in some way. Um, and then just that, that that conversation around the role of empathy in business, I think, is fascinating, and it's one that I think is building. Um, and it's one that has always really interested me because I think empathy has always been framed as a negative. Certainly, in my sort of um, area of work and in, in an industry that you know um, I don't think empathy is sort of at the forefront of the sort of skills or characteristics that people talk about as desirable um, which is crazy when you think that ultimately you're working in in the business of culture and, and, and in the business of communication so the role of empathy in business I think is a really interesting one that again I'd like to explore further. We actually ended up uh, bringing Akeel's diary uh, to life visually um, and through print. So, working with a designer called Carol Boland, um, and of course with Akeel, um, we sort of illustrated it and, and printed it and handed it out um, on the on the night of. Uh, the soft launch for International Men's Day so everybody received a copy and was able to kind of look through it as, as Akhil was talking about it um, so yeah I just want to say thanks to Akhil for well firstly for sharing his diary in the first place but secondly um, kind of being um, so open as to let us sort of bring it to life creatively and, and share it Um even further there are some copies left um so if anybody listening would like one it's, it's a beautifully illustrated and designed um piece and uh, more than happy to try and get it into people's hands um The organisation that Akhil mentioned as well, the mental health organisation that he also works for is called the Grey Matter Foundation, Um, a non-profit dedicated to improving mental health in higher education and the workplace. I'd encourage everyone to to check out the work that they're doing because it's it's brilliant um, and very worthwhile kind of immersing yourself in in the work that they do. Um, It's one thing that Akhil said, actually, that really kind of stuck with me. Um, And it's this idea of sort of being human in a world that doesn't facilitate that right now. And I just thought that was really, really powerful and really true. It's just quite, quite poignant, and I think everybody to some degree can sort of relate to that. Um, I went to a talk this week. Um, Roxanne Gay interviewed by Liv Little, and, and Roxanne actually said something similar, similar lines. But she said, "Just to be a body in this world is difficult." Um, and that's the thing through these conversations that I'm having via this platform. You know, um, just being a body in this in this world is difficult, and. And I really think that's something that's worth pausing on and thinking about, and particularly in the realm of men and masculinity and what it means to be a man, you know. How, we never talk about how difficult that can be sometimes. Um, other thing I just want to say really quickly is um, thank you to everyone who's got in touch um, having listened to this podcast. As, I, as I've said before, like, I have no expectations of it, and you never know who's listening or why. But I've just had, you know, messages from people that I haven't spoken to um, for ages saying that they gave it a listen and it made them think about certain things or they found it quite insightful and that's an amazing thing to to hear so um, always looking to talk to people about the content of this um, of this platform so if anybody ever wants to get in touch um, please do always want to hear your thoughts and I think the more that we can create the spaces to explore that um, the, the better really to keep asking questions and and that's what I hope to do with this. So thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate your time, as always. Um, do feel free to get in touch. Um, Instagram uh, at mend.world. Um, Twitter at mendworld. Um, and yeah, I'm at Will D-E-G-R-O-O-T. Um, but yeah, until next time, take care. Thank you.